0: Hello, my friends. I've got an interesting story for you. As you know, on Friday, we published our latest book by Coach Linda Blade and Barbara Kay called Unsporting. It's about transgenderism in sports. And the book went to number one on Friday. Well, I looked at some of the reaction to it online, including by the media party. I'm going to take you through, I don't know, about half a dozen really revealing tweets. I just, uh, very interesting, the reaction to that book hitting number one published by us. Just, boy, I think you'll like the show. Uh, can I invite you to become a subscriber to Rebel News Plus? That's the video version of this podcast. Uh, one reason is you see things with your eyes. You don't just have to hear them with your ears. I'll show you the tweets in question. I'm going to show you a video at the end of today's show that Avi Yamini did in Melbourne, Australia, that'll knock your socks off too. So <clears throat> I know you're listening to a podcast for a reason. Maybe you're driving, maybe you're in a place you can't use your eyes to, to watch a video, but I got to tell you, Shows like today really do well when you've got the video version, which is what we call Rebel News Plus. It's the video version of this daily podcast. Sheila Gunn-Reed and David Menzies and Andrew Chapados do a weekly show. I do a daily show. Get all those shows for just 8 bucks a month. What's that, 2 bucks a week? And what it does is it helps us stay independent. We don't take a dime from Justin Trudeau. So please think about doing that. Just go to rebelnews.com and click subscribe. All right, here's today's podcast. podcast. Tonight, our latest book hits number one on the bestsellers list. I'll show you the media party's reaction. It's May 31st, and this is the Ezra Levant Show. Why should others go to jail why? when you're a biggest carbon why? consumer I know? There's 8,500 customers here, and you won't give them an answer. The only thing I have to say to the government about why i publish it is because it's my bloody right to do so. Hello, my friends. Friday was very exciting. As you saw, we released our latest book called Unsporting by Coach Linda Blade and Barbara Kaye sure had fun chatting with them. Well, that was literally the day we announced the book. I think we made the announcement public actually mid-afternoon, like 3.30 or something. But by that evening, the book had literally hit number one on the Amazon bestseller list for all of Canada. (laughs) I I think that might actually be the fastest we've ever had a book at Rebel News go to number one. I think it's just incredible. Now, knock on wood, as I told you on Friday, my book, China Virus, was an instant bestseller too but then the Chinese embassy or whoever started a pressure campaign to have Amazon ban the book which they did and after we made a fuss they unbanned it I think there's a real chance that could happen to this book too because we've seen it happen to others but also because we see the campaign to ban us starting online already but not from everyone interestingly there are plenty of people who I think traditionally would be called on the left, who support the book. I mean, pretty much anyone who would be called a feminist until about five minutes ago, they would be concerned about the effect that trans women are having uh, on biological women in sports. How, how can you see these images of big, burly, 200-pound-plus, six-foot guys who have transitioned to call themselves girls, how can you see them physically dominating women and girls and say, yeah, that's good sport? That's good sportsmanship. That's why the book's title is so great, Unsporting. It's against fair play. And in this case, this particularly kind of bad sportsmanship will have the effect of driving out women and girls from sport altogether. How can any feminist be fine with that? And this book, after all, is written by two women who care about women in sports. Look at this. This is from the LGB Alliance. That stands for... Lesbians, Gays, and Bisexuals. Thrilled to see that the number one best-selling book in Canada right now is Coach Blade and Barbara Kay's book, Look at Gender Ideology's Destruction of Women's Sport. The tide is turning quickly now. Canadians aren't buying this nonsense anymore. <laughs> but then a hard left-wing journalist named Omar Moualem says, It doesn't bother you, the Rebel News and Ezra Levant are the publishers. Isn't that something? it may be a great book it may be a book that stands up for girls it may be the best-selling book in canada but some hard left-wing journalist who allegedly believes in free speech i think is chiding the gay and lesbian group not with any real argument it's assumed everyone knows why it's a bad thing to be published by rebel news and ezra Levant. you're associated with ezra land Rev news not even an argument i mean You either know or you don't know. You either get it or you don't get it. Don't you get it? You're not supposed to read anything published by Ezra LeVant or Rebel News. There's no argument there. By the way, I didn't write the book. I I did read it before it was published, but I I wasn't even the editor of it. My role was encouraging Coach Linda and Barbara to write it and to make sure some of the wheels were set in motion. But imagine just because I helped move this book along, really I arranged for the cover and, and I arranged for people to edit things things like that. I I didn't touch on the content. Imagine because I was near it. That's a reason to blacklist it. That's the implication here. You're supposed to be bothered by the fact that we published it. Forget about what the book says. I mean, Omar Mualim obviously hadn't read the book by then. It just came out. I don't think he plans to. He just knew he was against it. Don't bother him with the facts. Talk about judging a book by its cover. Well, look at all the replies to him. The first from that lesbians and gay group again. No, because I know how to read words and evaluate ideas on their own merits, because I'm an adult. (laughs) Ha, good for them. So that no is in reply to Omar Mool. I'm asking if they were bothered. And here's the next reply in a row. It bothers me that Levant and Rebel published the book. And it bothers me even more that when we had a situation in Vancouver where a person was grifting... Immigrant women of color using the Human Rights Tribunal, the same news outlets were covering it because the mainstream outlets refused. There's a void here. Isn't that interesting? She's talking about Jonathan Yeneve, who went by Jennifer Yeneve, who booked himself in to get bikini waxes by estheticians around Vancouver, most of whom were new immigrants. And Jonathan Yeneve wouldn't say that he actually has, you know, male parts, twig and berries. And so when he would show up and they would refuse, he would take them to the Human Rights Commission claiming they were transphobic. And this person on Twitter is saying, yeah, it does bother me that the only people talking about that in the news were were rebel news. No one else was talking about these crazy things. That's a good answer. Here's another one. I'm just going through these. Exactly. The mainstream media have abandoned this issue out of fear, misogyny, willfully ignorance. Who knows? But people are starting to wake up from their wokeness. Personally, I think it's fear, fear of being deplatformed, fear of fancy people saying, oh, you're not bothered that it was published by them? As in being socially marginalized, politically marginalized, commercially marginalized, maybe deplatformed on Twitter, companies not giving you a credit card, whatever. Yeah, it's fear, fear of little thugs like Omar Mualim saying, oh, you don't want to be associated with them. You don't want to do business with them, do you? Here's another reply. Doesn't bother you that male cheats try to destroy, destroy women's sports? <laughs> well, there you go again. Don't you understand? It's more important to deplatform conservatives or whatever. Here's the next reply. I'm just going through the list because I thought it was a very, very interesting line of conversation. I'm no fan of Rebel News, Ezra Land, and I'm politically on the left, but most media and publishers are too cowardly to address the conflict between the rights of women and girls and the rights of trans people for fear of being labeled transphobic. It's true. Name me another book publisher in Canada that would have published this. Here's the next one. Rebel News, Ezra Levant, reports stories that the mainstream media won't cover but need to be told. It shows the gritty goings-on that the insipid CBC deemed too tawdry beats being subjected to unreasonable rejections over months by less brazen publishers. Lots of fancy words in there. Another way of saying, why not be published by Rebel News? They'll, They'll talk about it. Now, I'm not just reading these to praise Rebel News. But there is a problem when only dissidents like us dare to criticize the establishment. All right, last one. Here's the very last one. Does something stop being true when a person that you don't like says it? That's a good point, eh? Now, I note that many of these comments are written anonymously, someone not using their real name. That could mean a number of things, including theoretically, they're all written by the same person. There's a chance of that. But more likely, it could mean that if you talk about these issues using your real name, you will be smashed and smeared. And if you have a job where your boss can be pressured, you can literally be fired for saying the wrong thing. I mean, imagine if you were a bank teller and you wrote some of those comments and someone identified that you worked at the Royal Bank, you'd be fired that hour. That's how it is these days. So I'm not surprised that these are written pseudonymously. Uh, there was so much going on in that thread, but here's what I know. And I said this before. I remember I did a show where I gave advice to Aaron O'Toole, the Conservative Party leader, where I suggested some issues where he can be conservative and controversial in the sense that the media party will write about him, they won't be able to help themselves, but that the controversy will break in his favor. Like the issue of Omar Carter. The media party loves him, but Canadians were appalled when he got the $10.5 million payout. That's an example of zigging where the media political industrial complex said, zag. same with trans women driving out biological women in sports. What's what's the split on that? If you ask your average mom and dad in the suburbs, was it, 70-30, 80-20? If you just show some courage on this issue, people will flock to you. That's what Coach Blade and Barbara Kay did. And they got a national number one bestseller out of it. Any other publisher could have done this. Any other politician could still do it. Just a bit of courage, folks. That's all it takes. Stay with us for a Hey, you want to see proof that America, or at least large parts of it, are done? And I mean fed up with the lockdowns. Well, check out this. This is the Indianapolis 500, the Indy 500 raceway. Nearly 100,000 people together. Now, some people were wearing masks. It's true, but there was no obligation. And here, a few weeks ago in Jacksonville, Florida, tens of thousands jammed together for the ultimate fighting UFC battle, and I don't think there were many masks there. These folks are just done. And you know what? The virus rate in these jurisdictions is plunging close to zero. Texas, which as you know, is uh, the second largest state in the union, actually has days where not a single person passes away from the virus. They are so over it. Whereas Toronto, Canada's largest city, well, according to the British Broadcasting Corporation, it is the most locked down city in the world, measured by the strictness and the duration of the lockdowns. Joining us now to talk about how Canada just is not being freed this is our friend Andrew Lawton from The Andrew Lawton Show and TNC.News. Great to see you, Andrew. We really are in the worst situation. I wouldn't have guessed this a year ago. We're the, we're the laggards. We're the authoritarians. We're the lockdownists. I, I don't. I didn't see that coming.
1: No, and I remember when we were complaining about some of the measures we had while looking at other jurisdictions like Victoria in Australia and parts of the UK, and, and seeing that people were being fined for going out for walks and going to a park to you know just get some exercise what was seen as a criminal act or an act of defiance, and a lot of that caught up to Canada. And ended up lasting a lot longer than it did in, in a number of those other jurisdictions. You're right that around the world, we're getting a bit of freedom envy in Canada, seeing mass gatherings of people in the UK, in the US, and in Canada, not an end in sight. And, and you know, not that haircuts are the most pressing thing, but, you know, if you're someone in Toronto, you've basically not been able to get a haircut for most of, uh, well, the last six months, with the exception of maybe a couple of weeks, unless you went out of the jurisdiction, Toronto has been locked down with uh, the exception of that little brief reprieve where you could have gone to a patio, for example. And and this is not normal. This is not the way a a functioning society works. And that we went from two weeks to flatten the curve to six of the last 14 months in lockdown is egregious.
0: Yeah, and by the way, it's not giving the health outcomes that's promised. I I remember last summer, I mean, there were problems, but we were sort of looking at Australia and the UK and these parts of the world and saying, oh, look at them, boy, they fell quickly. Well, we are there. Let me just show you this quick clip. Um, Andrew, you're not going to believe this. Our head of video, Efron Monsanto, he goes out to cover the Hamilton protest. They literally, this is from a week ago, they literally came out, and Efron, by the way, was wearing a mask. They came out and gave him a fine for shaking someone's hand. Take a quick look at this.
2: Hey, How's it going, man? Officer DeFrick, city of Hamilton bylaw. I have you here in violation of the reopening of Ontario Act, yep. gathering with a crowd of more than five people. So that's a pre-written ticket again, just for the record? I had the uh, ticket made up inside when I saw you out here. So, what was they doing exactly when I was talking to one of the protesters here? walking around getting within three Oh, that's how meters. it is. So, if I just talk to someone that's within two and meters? I also watch you shaking their hands. Oh, that's, that's, oh, I <laughs> guess I'm breaking oh. a law there. Okay, you got me there. So, Great. this is the ticket Provincial Offense Notice. Yeah. And the Reopening of Ontario Act for having okay. a gathering with more than five people. Thank you. Your options are on the back. Your options are to either pay it, yeah. an early resolution with a prosecutor, mm-hmm. or you can have your day in court if you choose to. Yeah. You understand your options? I understand my options, man. So there's your provincial offense. Thank you. Now, this is an administrative penalty notice. Oh, for, for what? Yeah. This is for shaking hands with the public. No you way. fail to maintain a distance of at least two meters from another person. Section Bylaw 2164, Section 2.1. Once again, your options are on the back. Voluntary payment. Or you have the option to be with a um, with an officer and you can argue. So that's purpose. That's strictly just for shaking hands with someone. For shaking hands, not maintaining two Okay. So for the record, can I get your name and badge number? Number three seventy. Three
0: seventy. Thanks, Lee uh, Supervisor here, guys. As always. Yeah. I mean, if you would have shown me that video a year ago, of someone who was wearing a mask, getting a nearly a thousand dollar fine for shaking hands, I'd say no, no, I don't believe it. That's too crazy. But indeed, there was. Well, let me ask you: We're in this mess. Um, is there a path out? I don't see one.
1: No, and not, and I don't mean that just in a conjecture way. I don't mean that in an exaggerating way. Ontario literally has no path whatsoever that's leading to a point without restrictions. Ontario has once again ripped up its previous so-called reopening plan and replaced it with another one. This one has three stages that we are supposed to uh, so-called upgrade ourselves up through based on which percentage of the population is vaccinated. And it's in three steps. And you get to the third stage step which requires 70 to 80 percent of the population having at least one dose of a vaccine 25 percent of adults having uh, two doses and even this third step which is the final step in the roadmap has gatherings with larger limits indoor dining with capacity limits sports and recreational fitness facilities open with limits indoor meeting and event spaces with limits all of these things and they don't say what the limits are by the way that can be done with some unspecified limit. And that's the point that we're working towards. Hmm. There's no point beyond that. Whereas, just by contrast, Alberta, whatever you might think of its handling of this, has put a roadmap forward that at the end has no restrictions whatsoever. That's a lot more aspirational than Ontario, where the best thing you can hope for is a life with just maybe some fewer restrictions than there are now.
0: You know, there's one more thing we just showed those two different roadmaps of Ontario and Alberta. Another thing that I find quirky is the Ontario system has different measurements, this many people getting a vaccine, that many people getting a vaccine, but that's not the thing we're trying to fix. We're trying to fix, are you, are you sick? Are you filling up hospital rooms? Are you dying? That's what public health is about, you know, helping people stay healthy. The number of people getting a jab in the arm may or may not be related to the number of people who are sick or dying, but if... The death, like, like Texas, I mentioned the other day they had a, a massive state of Texas. I think they got 30 million people there now. Not a single person died from the virus. So you would say, oh, and Australia, they, they really, have, I think all in all of Australia, they have maybe a dozen cases. They, they are not saying, well, you must still be locked down until you all get a jab because the health crisis is over. I find it odd that getting the vaccine is now the test of whether or not you're free. Rather, is anyone actually sick? There's one more thing I'll throw at you. Even in addition to those vaccine rates, they have this arbitrary 21 days per phase. I mean, I've heard of two weeks to flatten the curve, but this 21 days business, they just made it up. So they, you know, 21 days is arbitrary. The vaccine rate is arbitrary because neither of those things has anything to do with how many people are are actually sick or in hospital. You could have Empty hospitals, not a single person sick, and you'd still be under lockdown under these rules.
1: Well, the 21-day measure is a particularly insidious one because that's actually proof that they're just trying to delay reopening. And I'll give you a very concrete example of this. Step one, which we're not in yet, so we're at step zero, I guess, right now. Mm. Step one allows easing of some of the restrictions, not many of them, but some of them. And it requires 60% of the population to have had at least one dose. Last week, Ontario passed 65 higher than the minimum standard, and they still have not flipped the switch to say that we are in Ontario in step one. And the reason is because they have that arbitrary uh, delay that they're putting in, so that we will not get to that point earlier than June 14th. And then to get to step two, we have to wait 21 days beyond that. We'll actually be at the government's vaccination threshold for stage two, likely before we are even in stage one, And they won't let us go through because they're putting these 21-day buffers between. And and one of the reasons that the U.S. has had success in reopening is because they understand that vaccines are not the only way to immunity. There's also acquired immunity from people who have had COVID. And you're right. That is kind of an aggregate measure they can look at as far as how many people are in hospitals, irrespective of the specific percentage of people that have been vaccinated. In Canada there's a contradiction on here if you want to come into the country and you're a Canadian citizen you still have to quarantine for 2 weeks even if you've been fully vaccinated but if you have a negative covid test you've got to a, or a, sorry a, a an old COVID test that says you have the antibodies, basically. You've still got to quarantine, but you don't need to do a test on entry. And then you flip that around, you've got uh, Ontario initially saying that it was not even safe for fully vaccinated healthcare workers to go to a hockey game before they reversed that. Well, if vaccines are so transcendent and they are the be-all and end-all of this, why is the government not actually... Uh, pegging any of these reopenings to vaccine rates in some areas, and then on the other hand, why are they? It's yeah. it's about picking and choosing based on the desired outcome, which seems to be at this point keeping people locked down for longer. Yeah,
0: you know, uh, with the summer here and it, the weather is nice and people don't want to be cooped up and they're going to go out. Uh, I mean, Montreal is finally getting rid of its absurd juvenile. You know, juvenile. You treat juveniles with a curfew. It infantilizes people to give them a curfew. Um, I fear that their goal is to let people have a summer because there would be no way you, there's enough police and prosecuting resources to arrest everyone who goes out on the summer on a patio. You're just not gonna stop barbecue season in Canada where the summer is so short. And also
1: when the days are longer. So a a curfew when it's still sunny outside is very difficult to get people to buy into.
0: Yeah, I think this is the authoritarian state saying, all right, there's no way that people are going to obey these laws during the summer. Um, And we'll be in disrepute because everyone will not follow them. Let's grant people a summer to remember. And then in September, October, when it gets chilly, flu season's are coming around again let's lock it down, maybe let's ban schools again. I know the teachers union wants to do that. I fear that since we're not going full tilt freedom like the Indy 500 or Jacksonville or most American places, that the government doesn't wanna get out of it because if they finally say it's over, it's harder to get back in than if they just say, we're taking the boot off your neck a little bit, but you're still under it. I don't think Doug Ford or most of the other premiers wanna say it's over. Because I think they want to have that tool to ratchet it back up again if they need to later. That's my thinking.
1: Well, the idea of three- or four-week emergency measures that can be renewed without term limits is a big part of the problem here. You look at the border closure. The so-called longest unprotected border in the world has been closed for about 15 months now because they keep renewing that closure over and over. And we know, going back to over a year ago, that was at Canada's behest. It wasn't the U.S. that wanted to close the border to leisure travellers. It was Canada that wanted to. And the country is still... I mean, with, with some exceptions, of course, still by and large closed. So that's going to be a, a big, big problem here. If people are not buying into the rules anymore, as you've indicated, Ezra, the the government loses legitimacy. So they have to uh, relent and make it look like they're giving us this gift of freedom when in actual in actual fact, they just are, are aware that uh, they, they're going to have this massive countrywide rum spring on their hands and won't be able to enforce it once the weather starts getting nicer.
0: Yeah, I think, I mean, I'm, I'm here in Toronto, and of course, it's slightly different in different provinces and cities. I think that Toronto being, I would say, the worst lockdown in, I mean, it's what the BBC says, I think there are people and institutions and businesses that if this lockdown goes for yet another cycle, another quarter, another season, I think you're going to see the Detroitification of Toronto. I'm not saying it's going to be over like that, but you're going to see more and more people and companies and families just saying, we're going to leave this crazy place for a more sane place, whether that's America or another province, because I think there's only so long you can justify living in an expensive, crowded, trafficky, drug-infested, you know, crime-ridden city if you don't have the pluses of the city, the pluses of the city, the restaurants, the shops, the theaters, mm-hmm. the the action, the being able to socialize. I mean, it's one thing to be in a prison, but why would you be in the most expensive, slummiest prison in the country? I think that Toronto is teetering on the edge of becoming an ex-great city. And I, I say that with some sorrow. Last word to you, Andrew.
1: Yeah, and I think that actually underscores what's been, I think, one of the big injustices of the lockdowns is that they disproportionately affect people who don't have the means to avoid them. I mean, we saw stories going back the last year about this politician jetting off to St. Bart's, this guy going to uh, another country to get their vaccine, people that have decided to take up and and move to the Caribbean, which I'm all for if you can afford it. But the reality is, it, it is only a narrow subset of the elites that can get it out of Dodge, leaving everyone else forced to deal with the carnage that politicians have unleashed on their communities. And, and that's a big part uh, that, that's happening here in Toronto. We must for, we forget a lot of the time. Not everyone can work from home. I'm fortunate in that I can. A lot of people are stuck with this. And you know what? The, the politicians have to be held to account for that. Yeah.
0: You know, we've got some great videos over the weekend. Our team went down to Montreal. They allowed two NHL teams, uh, Toronto, Montreal, to have this big battle and 2,500 lucky folks who paid up to 10 grand a ticket could watch. And I just thought, you know, that's the elites of the elites, the billionaire owners and the millionaire players and people who could afford up to 10 grand for a ticket. They're allowed to buy their way out of the lockdown, 2,500 people in one room, but Churches are under extreme restrictions. Community hockey leagues, kids' hockey leagues, can't open. That is absolutely the political elite buying its way out of the lockdown. I thought it was super gross, and I thought it was tone deaf of the NHL. Andrew, keep up the fight over True North. We love your work, and thanks for taking the time to be with us today.
1: Anytime, Ezra. Thanks. All right,
0: there you have it, Andrew Lawton of the Andrew Lawton Show at TNC. Stay with us, more. Andrew. Come back. Instead of letters, I want to show you what is just such an outstanding video in my view. And you can tell me what you think. We've done, I don't know, 20,000 videos since uh, Rebel News was born. This next video, I think, shows journalistic courage, a command of the facts and the law, uh, excellent f- uh, videography and editing, and an amazing ending. There's everything I like about this. It's nine minutes long, but when I watched it, it felt like it flew by in 30 seconds. Let me show you why Abby Yamini won our Viewer's Choice of the Year award. Let me close today's show instead of with letters, with one of the best videos we've ever made. Take a look.
3: Hey, on.
4: All right, so come here. Have yep. Mask? yep.
3: Yep. There you I'll go. On, but while we're talking on this you don't no, have to. Put, your, put it on, please. The rule put with So, hold on, can I just clarify the rule oh, your for mask? Ma...
4: You aware of the rules. Put your mask on. No, no, but the
3: thank rule you. the rule for media thank while thank they're you. talking on the microphone. I'm doing this, but you you uh, okay. you need to clarify the You
4: Like yours. Your r- nose and your mouth. There we are. Thank you. <laughs> like <yours>. <laughs> like <laughs>
3: his. Like his one?
4: Yeah. No. Okay.
3: Uh, the virus i'm worried thank you so hold on hold on hold on (laughs) no no the rules here so let's just clarify the rule here for media is while you're talking on the microphone you don't actually your
4: nose and your mouth okay you are not accredited media sorry you are not accredited media
3: i'm not you're you're saying i'm not accredited media
4: your accredited media pass issued by victoria police um, the Victoria Police actually told us that Can they've you cancelled... your accredited media pass... Come around here. ...issued by Victoria Police? So, Victoria Police told us... Cover your nose and your mouth. No, no, no. So,
3: wait. So, you're saying if I have an accredited media pass by Victoria Police, I don't have to cover my nose and mouth while talking on the what microphone? What
4: I'm saying is you are not accredited media. By Victoria Police. I am accredited
3: media, not by Victoria Police. Victoria you Police told us they cancelled... Media. Victoria Police told us they cancelled the program.
4: Accredited media by Victoria Police, put your mask over your nose and your mouth. No, no, hold on. Over your nose and your mouth,
3: thank you. No, no, hold on, no. (laughs) You know what? Come arrest me if I'm, accredi- if I'm not accredited. If I'm not accredited. If I'm not accredited.
4: You cover your nose and your mouth not when you're reporting on if the I'm microphone. Not accredited media, please cover your nose and your mouth with a mask. That is
3: not an excuse to tell.
4: What is your reason for not wearing a mask?
3: Because I'm talking on my doing my job as media.
4: Could someone give his name and address? My name, Abraham
3: Yemini. Abraham. Okay, so, what's, um, he's, he's, <laughs> he's saying he's saying, he's saying here that now I am not accredited media, so uh, media, so that's, that's why, while a doing a my J- job, while doing my job, what yeah, I do, I'm compliant, don't worry about that, <laughs> I, the rules are while you're talking on the microphone, you do not, when,
4: what's your
3: name? Avraham Yamini, A-V-R-A-H-A-M Yamini, how
2: do you spell that?
3: I'll give you my license. You okay. There you that's go. I right.
2: um, so, can't really see it because of the light. I've got another
3: one. Don't worry, you're not going to trip me up, you clowns. Do you enjoy enforcing on, this?
2: No, hey, t- calm up, down. Got other jobs too, yeah? Do you? What?
3: To We've intimidate gone. other Victorians? Yeah. I hope you're, you're proud, that's there. why you signed up to the, the police force. So, uh, 10, so essentially what he's saying, which the rule is actually, on. hold on, the rule is, the rule is when, when I'm mask talking mask. on the microphone, I do not have, I do not have to wear a mask while, what's
2: your reason for being here
3: today? Doing my job. What's your reason for being here today? What's your
2: reason for being here Don't today? touch my microphone. Doing my job. What's your reason, right. what's your reason okay. here? Okay, so he'll get a ticket in the morning. Okay, hey, that's fine. You're gonna to need to move on. I'm yeah?
3: getting it. No, I'm not moving. On. I'm doing you're my you're job. I'm media. Moving. This is my job. Where's your media ticket? What do you mean yeah. media ticket? You need to have a media pass. No, you don't. Yes, you, do. you actually do not need a media pass to come to protest. No. Your, Victoria Police said that they're not issuing reaching, them anymore.
2: Reaching the directions. Send me okay. a ticket, mate. That's okay. It's time for you to move on. I'm not
3: moving on. It's time for you. I'm to here pass. to do my job. You can't pick who the media is in this country. You don't get to okay, decide. Not moving on. Okay. All right. Not me. Capture this. So, they're arresting me now here because they say they don't deem me as media because Victoria Police is saying, Victoria Police say that they need to issue me with one of their press cards. They get to decide who's press. And the funny thing is, I'll put on the screen now, Victoria Police Media Department said they've cancelled that program to our lawyers. They no longer do it, so they're not issuing it. So right now, these thugs, right now, they think this is communist China, where they could tell you which media is legitimate, which isn't. Who's going to arrest me? All right. Hey, no, no, no. You Am I under arrest? Am I under arrest? You've
2: been given a direction. Am I under arrest? You have been given a direction. Am I under arrest? We're making some calls right now. and As soon as we find out, we'll let you know, okay? So we Find, find out, out what? We're just trying to find out some information. I'm
3: sure you don't mind. And uh, can you find out about the mask rule that you guys don't actually know? That's what we're trying to find
2: out right
3: now. You might need to learn the the Nazi laws that you're trying to enforce. This is Melbourne, Australia 2021. Seven-day snap lockdown for your health. For your health. These clowns think that they can tell you which media is legitimate. Which source you can get your news from. If it's not deemed okay by the gestapo then it's got to be out uh, you hey go, mate you all right all right so we'll see how this plays out um, we're not going to be intimidated and this is why we do what we're doing we're not going to allow any authoritarian government who think that this is communist china this is not this is melbourne australia this is a country of the free or it used to be that's why we need to stand up for those of you outside of australia at the moment understand there is five coronavirus cases today in melbourne and that's why they're detaining journalists that they don't like those who are critical of the government and the police brutality we've seen over the last three lockdowns for your health as you know we have victoria police in the supreme court as we speak on already three plus the two previous unlawful arrests now today we're possibly going to have to add another one but with your help we don't care we'll add it on we'll keep fighting all the way to the high court if we need to standwithavi.com help us out how are we going
4: yeah, good we got advice from the legal we've got advice from the legal department that rebel tv is an international company and it is um, mainstream media. The cameraman's required to wear a mask. Your security fellow here has to wear a mask if he's not exempt. he's exempt, yeah. Yep. That's fine, no worries at all, and that's fine. And do I need to wear a mask? Not while you're talking on camera. Well,
3: so can I just get that apology on camera?
4: Well, all I'm saying is... Can, can, I,
3: can, can, can I get that apology? Because what you just did to me and you... give you a direction. And, can, given you given you a direction, and can you, you say you sorry? Say one I've word, say up. sorry. I've given you this. Say, Say sorry. Say sorry. It's one word. You were wrong. Okay. I was wrong. Thank
4: you. You can wear your mask. Say you, you sorry. Can, can Say sorry. Without wearing a mask.
3: There you go. They'll never admit. That's why we're in the Supreme Court. StandWithAvi.com. That's why we're suing them. Because they keep playing this power trip on civilians that can't stand up with your, for themselves. But I, with your help, can stand up with myself against this abuse of power. Including her. Her. Get her face. Yeah. See ya. See ya in court. You know what, you can't make that stuff up. They pick on citizens that can't fight back. But when you fight back, with the power of
0: the people, we win. Well, that's the show for today. Until tomorrow, on behalf of all of us here at Rebel World Headquarters, to you at home, good night and keep fighting for freedom.